Hello and welcome to my podcast, Change Keys with Kays. I'm Mark Kay. This is Series 1, Episode 2. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing nine things every landlord needs to know in 2020. Now, Kays Estates, we are powered by Keller Williams. And this is something, uh, amongst other things, that we, um, as a network... Um, kind of support one another with uh, ensuring that all legalities and legislations are all up to date and that we echo that to our clients and audience so this has come through the network and I just wanted to put it out there uh, to everyone as well now I do have a copy of this on PDF so I'm more than happy to email this uh, to you as well if you are interested just give me an email at lettings at k's-estates.co.uk and I'll get that fired straight across to you. Uh, so I'll run through this. Um, there's plenty of steps involved. We've kind of taken out the nine most important. And naturally, if you have any questions, again, feel free uh, to give me a call. So we have been observing some of the major legal changes that could affect property investors and landlords in the future and reviewing current important safety regulations for rental properties. From the minimum energy efficiency standards to changes with tax relief rules, there are a number of things that landlords should be fully aware of and we've become in possession of this useful guide to try and highlight those that are important. Our recommendation to any landlord or investor listening to this is to familiarize yourself with the regulations take further professional advice where needed in order to safeguard the profitability of your investments and keep on the correct side of the law Okay, so number one is Gas Safety Regulations 1998 and subsequent amendments. So the regulations came into force on the 31st of October 1998 and they replaced all the previous gas safety regulations. So these regulations place legal duties on landlords and likewise with the agents and contractors that are all dealing with the rental uh, of the property. Very important that there's a valid gas safety certificate in place during the whole duration of the tenancy, okay? Because that covers all the gas appliances that are within the property. So the certificate must be carried out by a gas safe registered engineer. With that, the gas safety certificate is valid for 12 months, okay? So therefore, it must naturally be renewed every 12 months as well. So in order to be gas safe, the following items uh, must be checked. So the, any gas appliances, the pipework leading to those appliances, and any flues as well um, that are coming away from the appliances. Um, the following checks must also be done. Um, as I mentioned, the yearly, okay, it needs to be done yearly to assess whether or not the system and appliances are safe and meet the current standards and also check on the meter to make sure that there's no escape of gas. 
cannot stress enough the importance of this okay because the penalties uh, are huge so i'll just quickly run through those with you so complying with the regulations is a legal requirement and failure to do so is actually a criminal offense so the penalty for non-compliance is an unlimited fine and or imprisonment should a tenant or occupant die as a result of the regulations not being adhered to a more serious charge may be brought so it is vitally important okay gas isn't something that should just be discarded or messed around with So number two is the smoke and carbon monoxide alarms. Uh, this regulation came into force on the 1st of October 2015 and it's the landlord's responsibility to ensure that working smoke alarms and the carbon monoxide alarms are installed at the property. Private sector landlords are required to install at least one smoke alarm on each storey of the premises and a carbon monoxide alarm in any room containing a solid fuel burning appliance. Uh, I'll come back to that point in a second. However, if battery operated smoke alarms are fitted to the premises, the landlord must ensure that they are in working order at the start of the tenancy. And then of course, it's the tenant's responsibility for testing the alarms periodically and changing the batteries as required. So whilst the carbon monoxide alarms apply only to solid fuel appliances, it's always good practice to install one where there's a gas appliance, okay? Um, if I were a landlord, I would naturally ensure that that was done. Uh, the penalties, if a landlord does not install the appropriate alarms, then the local authority can impose a fine of up to £5,000. So again, just make sure that that's all in place. So number three, is the electrical safety standards in the private rented sector. Now these are brand new regulations that were introduced this year for England, okay? They come into force on the 1st of July. It's massively important that we make sure these are in place. So these regulations set new standards of electrical safety as well as legal requirements on the service of documents to relevant people. It is the landlord's responsibility to meet these requirements and also make sure that all electrical appliances left at the property are safe to use. The landlords must ensure every fixed electrical installation is inspected and tested at least every five years by a qualified person. The regulations state that a landlord is required to obtain a report of the results of the inspection and test, supply it to each tenant within 28 days and retain a copy for themselves uh, until the next inspection is due. Um, in addition to that as well, so the following must uh, also be noted. So upon request, the report must be provided to the local housing authority within seven days. The private landlord must apply a copy of the last report to any new tenant before occupation or any prospective tenant within 28 days of request. And the regulation require local housing authorities to enforce the rules and they have the power to arrange remedial action. The penalties for this one, of any proven breaches of the regulations, can result in the local housing authority imposing a financial penalty of up to £30,000. So whilst the above regulations don't cover any electrical appliances, where the landlord provides an electrical appliance as part of the tenancy, 
Uh, the law does expect the appliance will be maintained in a safe condition that will not cause harm to the tenant. Failure to do so could lead to the landlord being sued for negligence. So with that in mind, a PAT test is always best practice for landlords but it's not a legal requirement. So a PAT test is a portable appliance testing. So moving on to number four, this is for the energy performance certificates and the minimum energy efficiency standards. From the 1st of October 2008, all landlords letting a property, they need to provide a valid EPC certificate to any tenant. The EPC must be accessible to tenants from the point that the property starts to be marketed. There's no need to obtain a new certificate for every tenancy, okay, because once one is obtained, they are valid for up to 10 years regardless of the number of tenancies in that period okay if you have any work done to the property though that improves the energy rating um, it's always good to update that certification in certain circumstances um, exceptions can be granted on the epc if it's a listed listed building things like that okay however the mees regulations state that from the 1st of april 2020 all landlords of privately rented domestic and non-domestic properties in England or Wales must ensure that their properties reach at least an energy performance rating of E. Uh, like everything that we've previously mentioned, <laughs> there are penalties involved. The penalties for renting out a property for a period of fewer than three months in breach of the Mees regulations will be equivalent to 10% of the property's rateable value subject to a minimum penalty of £5,000 and a maximum of £50,000. After three months, the penalty rises up to 20% of the rateable value with a minimum penalty of £10,000 and a maximum of £150,000. Again, it's so important to make sure all this is in place when you're renting out your property. Number five, HMO, so house in multiple occupation. The Housing Act 2004 states that a house in multiple occupation is a property rented out by at least three people who are not from one household. So hopefully they're not part of the same family, uh, but they share facilities such as the bathroom and kitchen. If you do want to rent out your property as a HMO in England or Wales, you must contact your council to check if you need a license and what specific requirements they stipulate. You must have a license if you are renting out a large HMO in England or Wales, and your property is defined as a large HMO if all of the following apply. So if it is rented to five or more people who form more than one household, if some or all the tenants share the toilet, bathroom, or kitchen facilities, and if at least one tenant pays rent or their employer pays it for them, then you will need the license. A HMO license is valid for a maximum of five years and you must renew your license before it runs out. You must make sure the house is suitable for the number of occupants. This depends on its size and the facilities. 
and that the manager of the house, so yourself or an agent, is considered to be fit and proper. For example, they have no criminal record or breach of landlord laws or code of practice. You must also send the council an updated gas certificate every year, install and maintain smoke alarms, provide safety certificates for all electrical appliances when requested and ensure that all other council requirements are met. The fire exits, emergency lighting, room sizes etc. You could get an unlimited fine for renting out an unlicensed HMO. Number six is very short and sweet and it's just in regards to selective and mandatory licensing. So please note that certain local councils require the landlord to obtain a license to rent out their property. It is important that landlords contact their specific council to confirm whether a license is needed before renting out their property. Now these penalties are severe for non-compliance. Number seven, Legionella and landlord's responsibilities. What is Legionella? Legionnaires is a pneumonia-like disease commonly caused by the inhalation of small droplets of contaminated water. So landlords must assess and control the risk of exposure to tenants to, ne- to Legionella to ensure the safety of their tenants. This is typically done by undertaking a risk assessment. Control measures can include flushing out the water system before letting the property, ensure cold water tanks have a tight lid to stop debris getting into the system, setting control perimeters to ensure water is stored at the correct temperature, hot water should be stored at 60 degrees Celsius or higher and should be distributed at 50 degrees Celsius, cold water should be stored and distributed below 20 degrees Celsius. You should also remove any unused pipe work. So it's important to be communicating with your tenants because your tenants should be kept informed of any control measures in place and tell the landlord if problems occur with the water system or if the water is not heating properly. Please note the hot water should be set accordingly and tenants should be advised to not interfere with the settings on the boiler or hot water system. On returning to the property after a period of absence such as a holiday or student accommodation left empty Tenants should run all taps for at least two minutes. Where showers are installed at the property and used regularly, the risks are reduced. However, tenants should be advised to regularly clean and disinfect shower heads. Most landlords can assess the risk themselves and do not need to be professionally trained. However, landlords can arrange for a competent person to carry out the assessment if they wish. There are companies who offer this service and we can refer a contractor if needed. The health and safety executive does not recognise a Legionella test certificate and health and safety law does not require landlords to obtain or produce one. Records of any assessment should be kept and follow-up checks need to be carried out periodically, such as when undertaking annual gas safety checks or routine maintenance visits. Landlords who provide residential accommodation have a legal duty of care to ensure that the risk of exposure of tenants to Legionella is properly assessed and controlled. It is recommended that every two years, landlords of domestic properties appoint a professionally trained and accredited body to carry out a Legionella risk assessment survey 
then implement any recommendations. Number eight, the Fire and Furnishings Regulations 1988 and subsequent amendments. These regulations were introduced in 1988 to protect furnished goods against fire. It's the landlord's responsibility to ensure that any furniture left out the property complies with the regulations. The regulations cover the following items if they contain upholstery, so soft furnishings. It covers beds, headboards, mattresses and bed bases, sofa beds and futons, sofas, armchairs and footstalls, any nursery furniture, and also it covers garden furniture that's suitable for the use indoors. Scatter cushions and seat pads, pillows, padded seats, and any loose and stretched furniture covers. The regulations do not apply to bed covers, including mattress protectors and duvets, curtains, carpets, or furniture made before 1950 as long as it's not being reupholstered. Under the regulations, upholstered furniture must have a fire resistance filling. It must have passed a match resistance test, or in some cases, the cover should have a fitted fire resistant liner. It should as a whole be able to pass a cigarette resistance test. These tests mean that if a lighted cigarette or match is held up to the furniture, it will not burst into flame. New upholstered furniture must also be properly labelled with set information and a fire safety warning. These can usually be found on labels that are attached to the item. Non-compliance is a criminal offence and may lead to a fine of up to £5,000 and or a prison sentence of up to six months. The Trading Standards Office is responsible for seeing that the regulations are complied with. Uh, the final point, number nine, is in regards to new tax rules. So previously, private and individual landlords could claim tax relief on mortgage interest payments and fees, as well as fees incurred on loans to buy furnishings. In 2015, the government confirmed that this would be phased out and introduced a number of new measures. From 2017 to 18, the process began with claimable tax relief reduced to 75% and the reduction continued through to 2019-20. In 2020 through to 2021, landlords will not be able to claim any tax relief on mortgage interest payments at all. Instead, from April 2020, landlords will receive a 20% tax credit on their interest payments, which could be bad news for anyone in the higher tax bracket and now include landlords who will have to declare rental income they previously used for interest payments. Some landlords are setting up limited companies when buying new rental properties to trade and avoid higher individual rates. From April 2020, changes to private residence relief means that landlords will lose 9 months worth of capital gains tax relief when they come to sell. Up until April, landlords had been able to claim private residence relief for all the time they lived in their property before letting it to tenants, plus a further 18 months after moving out. This final exemption period will be reduced to the time they lived in their property 
plus nine months post moving. Also, landlords who rent out a property that was once their main home will see the £40,000 worth of letting relief currently enjoyed scrapped as from April. And only landlords who share occupancy with their tenants will be able to claim. So we believe the information provided is correct at the time of publishing and given in good faith. Landlords and investors should consult an accountant or tax advisor to obtain the latest professional advice based on their own personal circumstances. If you are a landlord and want to discuss what services we provide, then contact us and we will be more than happy to help with any queries that you have. You can also check out our instant valuation tool on our website www.case-estates.co.uk to find out what rent you could achieve. We hope this information will be useful and if you have any queries please feel free to contact us at any time on 013-5122-709. You can also email us lettings at estatescouk Thank you.